from Studio One at the worldwide headquarters of ESPN and from Studio HD in Atlanta, Georgia, this is Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. The great conversation yesterday was, if the Lakers won... Would the Warriors be done? Was this a must-win game? And I said no. But after what we saw last night, I think it's time to change even my tune. It's hard to look at the way the Lakers beat the Warriors and not think that Golden State is finished. It's Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Hey, Steve, it's not about the loss. Like You can, you can lose a game, but my God. It, it's about the way the Warriors lost, where yet again, what do you what did you say before where you were talking about, hey, if they don't turn the ball over, well, they turn the ball over. If they hit their shots, well, they missed some key shots. If they can keep AD slowed down, well, they didn't keep AD slowed down. I was just watching last night thinking every yeah but went the way of the Lakers in this process, and now I'm just sitting here saying, how? If the Warriors want to find a way to win three straight, they've got to do something they haven't been able to do through the entire process of this series, which is play consistent better. They just can't do it right now. I wouldn't go that far. Oh? Now, you asked the question, are the Warriors done? In my opinion, no, they're not done. Because all the things that you just mentioned, they have still had opportunities to win games outside of the one lopsided blowout uh, win that the Lakers did have. But, you know, they turned the ball over massively in the second quarter and things went, you know, in, in disarray for them or whatnot. But I still believe that the Warriors can come back and win this series. Now, a lot of people may ask, well, how can they do that? I think, number one, you have to take one game at a time. And I'm going to take a page out of LeBron James's book. When he went down versus the Warriors uh, 3-1, and they came back and won that series, right, for the NBA Finals, he told his guys on that team, do not look ahead. Just take one game at a time. Steph Curry put on an unbelievable uh, performance last night. A triple-double, 31 points, I believe 14 rebounds, uh, uh, 14 assists, 10 10 rebounds. It was phenomenal. But he did not get the help from his supporting cast. Klay Thompson didn't show up. Jordan Poole has been on the back of a milk carton, right? Andrew Wiggins has been missing open shots. And they still had an opportunity to win that game last night. So for the Golden State Warriors, just take one game at a time and go from there. I'm not going to count them out right now because they haven't been hitting their threes and they still have an opportunity to win these ball games. So I'm not counting them out. It's Fitz and Harry, Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance on ESPN Radio. Hear me out, HD. Uh, you are married to a lovely person, a great human being, so you won't really oh, appreciate yes, this. Am. But you have friends, uh, I'm sure, that always date crazy girls, right? Or crazy people, yeah. like, you know, yeah. crazy guys oh, yes. and girls. Uh, and and, and the, here's the thing. You're out on the date, and you're like, you know what? Everything's going so well. Like, this is great. And then all of a sudden, for no reason, they pop off about something that doesn't matter. Whoever you're on the date with, and you're like... Man, and so you go home and you're like, I just, I, I just can't do it, man. She's crazy. He's crazy. Whatever. She's crazy. <laughs> and then, you know, you wait a couple of days. You're like, oh, man, no, I don't know. We had a good time, laughed a lot. This was a fun date. You go out on another date. And y- you do this over and over and over again. And eventually you realize, man, there's only one problem. The one problem is that he or she is 
crazy. And, and at some point, you can say, well, if I could just get rid of that. And you realize you just can't get rid of it. I, it becomes part of the identity of the person you're dating, and you just have to realize that this is your new reality. That's where the Warriors are. Like, turnovers are not something that they can get rid of. They're just crazy. Turnovers are part of their DNA at this point. They can't help that. Taking bad shots, having bad moments at the end of certain games by superstar players that have had great but like meltdowns at the end seem to be part of the identity of who Golden State has become this year. Draymond having like wild emotion and just getting abused at times on the court has become part of the identity. Clay not playing well enough consistently is part of the identity. So I'm with you. If they could fix all of these things, it could be a glorious love a match made in heaven and you could marry this person and you'd be so happy forever. They could win three straight games if they could do all of that. The problem is I think that so much of what's hurt them in this series is actually part of who the Warriors are today. And I'm not sure you can fix that consistently when you are taking on a team with an AD that plays with focus and a LeBron that's playing as well as he's playing. Well, I'll say this. You said that's who they've become. No, that's who they've always been since winning their first NBA championship. That, that's, that's always been who they are. I think one of the main differences is, is like up until this point, they aren't making their shots. They aren't making their threes. If they just make two of wide open looks last night, we're talking about, we're having a different conversation today. We're, we're literally having a different conversation today, even with all the nonsense that's going on. So if the Warriors could get to a point to where they're actually making their threes and not going 12 for 41, missing 29 of them, then we're probably having a different conversation this morning about that game last night. I don't disagree with that. And to your point, and I'll, I'll work it back to my dating analogy, when there's there's the one yeah but, like, oh, my God, they're so funny, though. They make me laugh. I don't mind the fact that they're high-maintenance and crazy because they make me laugh. <laughs> or I don't mind that they're high-maintenance. I don't mind that she drives me crazy because she's particularly beautiful. It's the most gorgeous woman I've ever seen in my life. Like, you find a reason to justify it for a while. For a long sure, time, yeah. there was the, the, the result justified having to deal with the crazy. It didn't really matter because it didn't hurt you. Now, this year, it is different only in the sense, not what's happening, but the result is different. So now, the little things that used to save them in these situations don't seem to be there anymore. And without those little things to save them in the situation, they just have issues. They have problems. And you're right. Two of these games came down to the wire, could have gone the other way. We could be seeing this series entirely yep. differently. And I, I will completely acknowledge that. But what do I talk about all the time? Trust. When you go into a game, you got to have trust. I can't, I can't trust AD every other game was one of the conversations. Last night, AD sort of, uh, he fixed that, right? He came out, played with a different level of, of passion. But when you talk about what we trust or don't trust from the Warriors, I don't know that I trust them for three straight. I trust them for one night to hit their shots. Do I trust them for three straight nights to hit their shots against this Lakers defense? Nah. <laughs> and I don't blame you because they've been so sporadic throughout, you know, this series, right? They've been up and down. One game they make them, uh, another game they don't. The other game they don't as well. So that's why they only have one win right now because the game they actually made their threes is the game they actually won. Now, I will say this. I think I'm more concerned with the Golden State Warriors we talk about the core of this basketball team, Draymond Green, Steph Curry, and Klay Thompson, right? So you get to crunch time last night, Fitz. This, this is what really bothered me about the game last night, crunch time. You have Klay Thompson, who is one of the best shooters that this game has ever seen. And he gets the ball with about 2.15 left in the fourth quarter on the right side of the court, and he heaves one of the longest threes that I've seen Klay shoot. And is he capable of making that three? Yes, he is, but I didn't think he needed to shoot that shot. 
Then you come back down on the next possession with about 145 to go on the left side of the court, and Clay Thompson with a hand in his face, he's up another three. So I'm so accustomed to seeing Clay Thompson in that in that spot, pump fake, let the defender go by, and then he's shooting a wide open three. And then at the end of the game, you see Steph Curry. I have no problem with the first shot that he shot over Anthony Davis. I think the ball went in and out. He got to the mid-range game, had a little separation. Now, I did have a problem with the the, the long-range three-pointer that we just criticized Jordan Poole for taking. And granted, I understand it's Steph Curry, but I thought he rushed the shot, and then AD gave a great challenge. I thought he could have actually went by him, got to the mid-range game, in which he did a few possessions before and got a layup. So... You look at, you know, your core three players and then Draymond comes down at the end of the game. He turns the basketball over and it finished with Steph Curry turning the ball over. Three guys that have four championships for the Golden State Warriors melted down when they were needed the most. That, I think that's the part that upset me the most about the game last night for the Warriors. That three guys, three musketeers that you're counting on every single game, all season long, won you four NBA championships all three of those guys came up small in the biggest moments. They looked less like the three musketeers and more like the three amigos, which is not nearly <laughs> as imposing. This is what Steph Curry said, Warriors point guard, after the game about the shots you just referenced over AD. Obviously, knowing he's seven foot and got you know crazy, you know reach, so you you just want to create a little bit of separation. First one, nice little step back, it was in and out, it felt good. Second one. Um, it was a little rush, but the shot that I – obviously I took it because I thought I could make it. And, and I'll tell you, Fitz, Steph Curry has to stop bailing out the five-man in which Anthony Davis last night. It's multiple occasions. You look at back, you know, when they lost a 3-1 series to, to the Cavaliers. You got Kevin Love isolated one-on-one at the top. You have a drive lane to the basket. You try to pull up a crazy three-pointer. Another game this season where the game was tied and Steph Curry had the ball in his hands at the end of the game against Al Horford, the Boston Celtics. He tries to heave up a three. Then we see what he did last night. Stop bailing out these five men. You were down one point at that time. You didn't need a three. Get the best shot possible, but stop bailing out these big men when they're on you late in games. One superstar melted down. In fact, you you could argue that all three of the superstars had their moments last night for the Warriors where they melted down. But while that was happening, there was another superstar that was having an amazing game in some ways you might not realize. We'll tell you about it next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Long two is on the way, and it's good from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, Reeves corrals it, but that's the end of the game. The Lakers were able to dribble it out as the Warriors didn't even try to foul, and the Lakers take a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. Fitz and Harry, the podcast.
He's got a James screen to his left. He uses it. He drives, puts up a runner that's good. Lonnie Walker has been the fourth quarter story for the Lakers. Long two is on the way, and it's good from Lonnie Walker. My goodness, Reeves corrals it, but that's the end of the game. The Lakers were able to dribble it out as the Warriors didn't even try to foul, and the Lakers take a 3-1 lead over the Golden State Warriors. It's the playoffs. It's a long series. You know, just be ready for when my number is called. For all the conversation about guys that didn't show up last night, guys that weren't their best last night, guys that had forgettable moments last night, there was one person that put their greatness on display all across the court. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, and your smart speakers. Just ask them to play ESPN Radio. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz. Presented by Progressive Insurance. Uh, in a few minutes, we'll tell you, by the way, about one perfect prognosticator that not only predicted the outcome last night, but has predicted the outcome the rest of the way and uh, believes the Warriors are still in it. So we'll tell you about that. But before we get to that, last night was obviously about a lot of different things, Harry. But one thing that stood out was LeBron James. And I know that that is not some big hot take. But for anyone that's just looking at the box score tonight or today about last night's game, the one thing I would tell you that I'm not sure shows up on the box score was the absolute sheer dominance of LeBron James on every end of the floor as a coach, as a mind. I, I, I hate how overused this phrase is, but man, I was watching it. We were texting each other this morning. The basketball IQ of LeBron just gave me chills watching it. And Fitz, I, I'll tell you for me, it's a thing of beauty and a pleasure to watch people play the game of basketball that has a high IQ and you know put the work in. And for LeBron James, I think it was the first game in this series in which he was actually very, very aggressive, utilizing his size and strength against smaller defenders in which the Golden State Warriors tried to put on him, whether it was Steph Curry, Moses Moody, Andrew Wiggins, Klay Thompson. When he got those guys in the post – he was intentional about being aggressive and putting the ball in the basket. Also, when you look at defensively, and I don't know if a lot of people pay close detail to this, but when he would switch out on Steph Curry, especially late in that game, Steph Curry wanted no parts of that one-on-one -on -one action with LeBron James. Steph Curry was looking to pass the basketball or he was looking for someone to hurry up and come set a screen because LeBron James was so locked in and ready for that one-on-one -on -one challenge. Yeah, and I also and, say and not this, only that, Harry, real quick, but think uh -huh. about how often you saw LeBron pointing guys as they were going through screens. LeBron on the court was telling who to take oh, when. I mean, it was, that, it was incredible. That, I'm about to get to it. I'm about to get to it right now. On that play with Draymond Green was coming down to throw the ball to Klay Thompson down in the, in the, in the far corner to shoot a three-pointer to, to tie the game up. Well, LeBron James beforehand was screaming to somebody on the left side of the court to watch for something. Also, mid-play, screaming to Anthony Davis to switch the screen and watch the corner three from Klay Thompson. So it's the attention to detail to me, the attention to detail, the film study, recognition, understanding what's going on, the bas what's going on, on the basketball court before it actually even happens. And lastly, Fitz, the thing that I love the most from Le LeBron James last night at 6.05 in the fourth quarter, they were down 94 to 90. And Darvin Ham sub Hachimura to come get LeBron James. I don't know what LeBron James said to Coach Darvin Ham, but he never sat down on the bench. 
and then he came right back into the game. So that told me that LeBron James recognized at that point in the in that junction in the ball game, he could not sit down. He could not take a rest because this game four was that important that the Lakers won it. And he made his presence felt the rest of that ball game. There are so many variables to watching greatness on the court or on the field. And we talk a lot in football and in basketball about situational awareness, the amount of that that you could feel. And, yep. and as much as we're talking about role players in these series and who's up and who's down and who's having a good game and who's not, the amount of that that spiderwebs away from LeBron because of what he's doing, I think we've seen it. And we've seen several games. I mean, it wasn't that long ago we were talking about LeBron's first 2020 game, right? And, and you think right. about that impact. One thing you have stressed that I've really bought into this postseason is the concept of know your job. Do your job, know your role. And I say that with a lot of respect. The crazy thing about what we've seen from LeBron is that LeBron understands his job is to communicate. His job is to coach. His job is to put people in the right situation. His job is to have absolute perfect situational awareness in every possible moment. And he's nailing all of that. Like, yes, we got we got really good from AD, and I don't I've been tough on AD, and I will absolutely fall on the sword here and say, last night AD proved me wrong. There is no no doubt about that. I also want to take a second though and say, for all the greatness we've talked about, for all the GOAT conversation of LeBron versus Michael Jordan, there are still nights that you can just shut off all the noise and watch somebody at his age and this stage in his career remind you that not only is he capable of finding the next gear as a player physically on the court, but mentally on the court, he's simply outperforming everybody. So in a, in a sport where sometimes your body won't do what your mind asks it to do, that is not an issue for LeBron. And last night, LeBron's mind was equally as important as what his body was capable of and doing. And I'm going to echo something that my brother, Tony Douglas, who played Le with LeBron in Miami, told me on numerous of occasions. LeBron James is the best, I'll say, how can I say that? The best, uh, at, at, when it comes to high IQ, when it comes to the mental part of the game, he's four and five steps ahead of other people when they're still trying to figure out certain things and how they can be productive on a basketball court. LeBron James is four or five steps ahead of everyone else. And here's another thing that he did very, very well of last night. Quite frankly, the entire Lakers basketball team. LeBron James was five for five on the free throw line. When he had free throws late in that game, he hit them. But guess what? The Los Angeles Lakers, they were 20 for 20 from the free, free throw line. So shots out to LeBron James for knocking his free throws down, but also encouraging his teammates, a guy like Lonnie Walker the fourth instilling that confidence in a guy like that so when he comes in, he can just play basketball and he's not thinking. He's just playing, Fitz. Yeah, it's astounding because what we're talking about are the little things and the nuance in this is that LeBron does all of the little things and did last night all of the little things better than everybody else. In fact, we're not the only person, the people that saw it. Matt Barnes, our ESPN NBA analyst, talked about it on SportsCenter. 1 a.m., you were probably sleeping, but this is what Matt Barnes had to say about what he saw from LeBron. Just the heart of a champion. I think he willed his team to a victory, uh, hit a couple tough early shots in the fourth, found AD for that nice uh, shot in the paint that tied the game up early, hit some free throws down the stretch but just refused to allow his team to lose. And it wasn't so much with his scoring. I just think it was his presence on the court. I, I want to stress the last part of that, though, Harry. Presence on the court. Because a lot of times when you hear heart of a champion, his mm -hmm. will, what you think about is like somebody emotionally being there. 
it was not just his emotion. It was his physical ability to back that up and his mental ability to walk the team through what they needed to do. His presence mattered so much in this game. In, in a world where it's always impressive with LeBron, this was different level for me. And, and, and I'll say this. That's why at the 605 mark, when the, when the head coach takes him out, and LeBron probably told him, no, I'm going back in. You don't question it if you're Darvin Ham because you know the mindset and the physical of your player, your superstar player, LeBron James. So he goes back out there, and his presence alone made a huge difference in that ball game, especially late. The Lakers at this point take a 3-1 lead, and the question is in the series, what do they do next? One person thinks they should take a baseball approach to game five. I will play you maybe the single hottest take we've ever played in Good Take Hot Take next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. He's a younger version of Kobe. And if anybody disagree with that, they out of their damn mind and they haven't been watching basketball. Good take. That's good. Great. Or a hot take. How hot? Red hot. Find out now with Fitz and Harry. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Round out your protection with life, phone, and pet health insurance. You know the drill at this point. Good take, hot take. We're going to play you a take. From one of our peers, one of our well-respected uh, brothers and sisters across the media landscape, and then we will decide if that take is hot, 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 or if it's actually a good take. Uh, Harry, are you ready to start this thing off? Let's do this, All bro. Right. We're going to start with the king of takes. The king of takes is one Stephen A. Smith, the first take co-host, and you saw him on first take. He said this about the Sixers' biggest regret. If the Sixers don't win, one of the biggest regrets they will live with in franchise history is letting Jimmy Butler walk out that door. The 76ers would have been back in the finals, and they probably would win the title if Jimmy Mm -hmm. Buckets had stayed there with Joel Embiid. That's how important Jimmy Buckets is. What do you think, Harry? That's a good take. That's a good take. We're talking about Jimmy Butler right now, who's averaging 33.5 points per game in the playoffs, who has single-handedly... Beat the Milwaukee Bucks, who were the number one seed, had the best record in the NBA, who's damn near single-handedly beating the New York Knicks and had the Miami Heat up 3-1 in this series. So Jimmy Butler is phenomenal. Has the mental, has the physical, understands the game of basketball, but also understands when it's playoff time how to turn it up that much more into another level, a.k.a. another notch. Yeah, I, I think it's a good take, and it's a take sometimes we forget. You know, we just, we're so used to Philly 
kind of going through their process, whatever that means. Ben and, Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons conversation. But you oh. watch what Jimmy Butler's doing, and you really have to question why an organization would let one out the door to keep the other. I mean, I, they, they're going to regret this. I don't know if it would have led to a title. I don't know if i go that far. But they'd be in a much better situation with Jimmy Butler uh, than they were without him. So let's move to the next take on Good Take, Hot Take. This comes from our buddy, Bam Bam Bigelow. You might know him as that. We also know him as Chris Carlin, ESPN radio host. Carlin was in on Greeny, and this is what he had to say about the Knicks and what they should have done. The Knicks do not have a superstar player. Jalen Brunson is very, very Very good. Very good player. Could be a number two, but this is why you don't let R.J. Barrett and draft picks inhibit you from going and getting Donovan Mitchell, from putting yourself in that position. They need to have a superstar player. They need to not be consistently, Chris, the lovable overachievers because that's what they have become under Tom Thibodeau. We are, dear God, we have to hold on to every last draft pick because we can't possibly trade them away. They're all so valuable. What do you think? Okay. Now, you know what side of this argument I've been on for the longest Mm -hmm. because I love Jalen Brunson and what he's been able to do this season. But I do understand that it does take another bona fide score when it comes to playoff basketball. One of the things that's hurting the New York Knicks right now is that they don't have guys that can bona fidely put the ball in the basket, Fitz. That's the problem. They're struggling to score each game within this series. So I'm going to go ahead and say it's a good take, even though I've been on the side of, you know, Jalen Bronson is that dude. But him alongside Donovan Mitchell right now will be looking pretty good for the New York Knicks. So I'm going to take the other side of this. I think it's a hot take. And, and you're right. They have, they have struggled at times to find somebody else that can carry the load. And Julius Randle just hasn't shot well enough throughout the playoffs, right? We mm-hmm. know that. Like, Julius Randle has struggled. But go look at last night. Like, Bunsen, Barrett, and Randle all scored at least 20 points in the same game for the second time this postseason. That's the first trio of Knicks to do that twice in the same postseason since 1990. Right. So, like, I, I, I hear that, but I also think what's happening right now is a Herculean superstar is out there willing Miami to victory. Would Donovan Mitchell be the difference maker in this series that would shut down Jimmy Butler's effectiveness for Miami? I don't know that I can buy that. Like, I think we're just continually looking. This feels like, again, I'm going to go back to the relationship. And I just think here. it's the combination of, of Brunson and probably Donovan Mitchell together. Maybe, but I also feel like Knicks fans are just like, okay, you didn't, you didn't land the date, and now you're looking at her Facebook and you're wondering what might have been like move on move along like at this point like whatever you think was going to happen between you and Donovan Mitchell wasn't going to happen and now instead you have an RJ Parrott that is developing I think into a nice player you're in a situation where you have draft capital that you can turn around and trade and you can always try and address finding the other person that you want in the future stop looking at the past Carlin start looking at the future that's What's his nickname that you gave him again? Bam Bam Bigelow. Look it up in the <laughs> 80s wrestling. Had the big, like, you know, had the big uh, t- head tattoos. Like, we side by side. Carlin, we love you, man. Going, we still love you. Car- Car- I love you. That guy knows I love him. Uh, all right, we're going to some Speaking of people I love, let's go to Myron Metcalf, ESPN radio host on Sunday mornings. He said this about why he, if he was the GM, would draft Bronny James. 100%. 100% you will do that. And, and a team will do that for the opportunity to have LeBron James in the later years. Listen, I think LeBron James can be a really good player into his early 40s, right? Like, we're seeing what he's doing now. He's definitely not that LeBron. He's aging before our eyes. But him next to Bronny, 
and all the attention that comes with that, yeah, I think a team is willing to do that. Now, Bronny is not the guy from a couple years ago where it was like, oh, he's pretty raw. He's a really good defensive player. He's very strong. He's smart. He has all those intangibles. He's just not 6'8". I mean, there aren't many 6'3 guys who don't have, like, this dominant skill set who make it to the next level, and I think that's going to be the thing he has to overcome. What do you think, Harry? It's a good take, and I'm just going to go to the last night's game for an example. LeBron James, who has 27 points, nine rebounds, six assists, has the high basketball IQ, understands the game from all angles. You're still going to be able to get that LeBron in my eyes in, what, two years? So I think you, you take that chance if you're a basketball team on top of jersey sales, a father-son duo being in the same city, same organization that you may own or cheer for. So this is a good take in my eyes. Yeah, I, I think it's actually a good take, although there's just part of me, I don't know. Like, you know, it just feels like it'd be a little tough to be young and rich and drafted in the NBA and you're finally living out your dream and your dad's with you everywhere you go. Like, I'm not sure you go get lemon pepper wings with your dad when you're out on the road. I'm just saying. Well, how, li- how, hey, how you know? Oh, that's fair. How you know? That is fair. Like, they might do things differently. All right, there's one more. Mom, take. Dad was in the establishment. Yeah, I wa- <laughs> Mom, I wasn't. I went back to the hotel. Uh, all right, there's one more take. This take is so hot that it is now trending all across Twitter. This is this morning. Mike Greenberg, host of Get Up and Greeny, said this on Get Up about the what the Lakers should do for Game 5. Here's my suggestion. LeBron needs to just slip a nice comfy robe over that pair of slippers and get set to watch Game 5 tomorrow night from the comfort of his oh. mansion uh, in, in, in the, wherever it is in L.A. Right, that he what? lives because he shouldn't even go to San Francisco. I'm going to make this point again. The Lakers have no chance of winning Game 5 of the series. The Warriors are going to be playing for their dynasty at home with the crowd. They're going to win. Don't waste any of LeBron and AD's energy on this game. Harry? Hot take. Hot take. 1,000% hot take. Fitz, I was always taught from coaches, when you got an opponent down, you got to choke that dog. You got to choke him. You choke him and you bury him. You bury, you choke him out and you bury him any chance you get. You don't give them life. You don't allow them to breathe. You don't give them a ventilator. You don't give them CPR. You bury them. Any chance that you get, if you're the Lakers, if you're Darvin Ham, if you're LeBron James and company, hot take. When we come back, there is one very easy logical reason. Choke him out, bitch. You got to choke him out. This is the worst take of Greeny's entire career. I'll tell you why next. Fitz and Harry. Choke him out, bitch. You got to choke him out when you have a chance. Brought to you by Bank of America. Fitz and Harry, the podcast. Here's my suggestion. LeBron needs to just slip a nice comfy robe over that pair of slippers and get set to watch game five tomorrow night from the comfort of his oh. mansion uh, in, in, in the, wherever it is in L.A. Right, that he what? lives because he shouldn't even go to San Francisco. I'm going to make this point again. The Lakers have no chance of winning game five of the series. The Warriors are going to be playing for their dynasty at home with the crowd. They're going to win. Don't waste any of LeBron and AD's energy on this game.
When you got an opponent down, you got to choke that dog. You got to choke him. You choke him and you bury him. You bury, you choke him out and you bury him any chance you get. You don't give them life. You don't allow them to breathe. You don't give them a ventilator. You don't give them CPR. You bury them. Any chance that you get, if you're the Lakers, if you're Darvin Ham, if you're LeBron James and company. Hot take. It's and Harry on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Harry Douglas, Jason Fitz, presented by Progressive Insurance. Right after we called, you know, our buddy Carlin, Bam Bam Bigelow, we started choking people out. And that's what we're doing on this show. Uh, Greeny might have had the hottest of all the hot takes. Harry just told you why it's a hot take. I will double down on that. All right. I think we all know that it's a hot take. The concept of sitting your stars for game five. There are a couple of things here that bothers me. Number one, Harry, and I think this is an important note. If you go out and you eliminate the Warriors in the next game, you get more time off. So if your thought is you want to rest your legs, you want to get this series done right away so you get as much opportunity to rest your legs as possible. Two, and I think this is also significant, let's remember that of the remaining three games, two of them are at Golden State. Golden State plays substantially better at home. Why would I just lay down and give them any opportunity to shoot their way back into it? Three, they've had no rhythm shooting. Why am I going to give them the opportunity to get in rhythm while they do it? And four, most importantly, you pointed out earlier that there was a moment in the game where Darvin Ham tried to pull LeBron out. LeBron didn't even sit down, and then he said to Coach, put me back in the damn game, or something to that. We don't know exactly what he said, but we know he got right back in the game. How in the hell do you think you're <laughs> going to be able to go up to LeBron and be like, all right, LeBron, here's the game plan. You stay home for this one. We got this. Uh, we're just going to lay down and accept that we're going to lose the game anyway. But don't worry. We'll figure out how to win one of the last two. Like, there is no chance. There is a better chance that we are going to see pigs ice skating in hell than we actually see LeBron accept that logic from anybody knowing what's <laughs> on the line in this game. Well, pigs ice skating in hell or pigs actually flying in the sky. We uh-huh. know damn sure neither two of those are <laughs> happening. Right? If they inhale, we, what, we probably can call it, what, bacon? Yeah. And I love me some bacon, but that's <laughs> not happening. It's figure now, skating bacon. Here, here's something I can tell y'all that definitely is in the back of LeBron James's mind. He was down 3-1 to Steph Curry and the Golden State Warriors in the 2015-2016, I believe, NBA Finals. Draymond Green wasn't able to play in what? Game 5, I believe that was. So that's one lifeline that the Golden State Warriors, or I should say Draymond Green, gave a LeBron James-led team. Now, in that game five, LeBron James ended up scoring 41 points, having 16 rebounds and seven assists, along with Kyrie Irving scoring 41 points. They took one game at a time. Let's fast forward to game six. Game six, LeBron James came back and had 41 points, eight rebounds, and 11 assists. Now, Fitz, let's fast forward to game seven because now the Cleveland Cavaliers, LeBron James is going to always have a confidence, but now everyone else around him now has their confidence through the roof. Game seven, LeBron James, 27 points, 11 rebounds, 11 assists, a triple-double on his quest in winning an NBA championship coming down from down 3-1. LeBron James is the last person that wants Steph Curry in company. See, in company, not Steph Curry, but in company who don't have the highest of confidence right now because they aren't playing at a very, very high level to gain that confidence 
And next thing you know, you become on the side of history that the Golden State Warriors were on as a LeBron James-led basketball team. Harry, I'm gonna ask you. I haven't asked you this. We we didn't talk about talking about this, but so I I could be throwing myself out here, and this this could make me even look more like an idiot. But I'm gonna take a chance here because I think I know the answer. Have you ever, at the professional or even the highest college level, have you ever had a coach look at you, a coach look at you and say, HD, we're gonna get our asses kicked this week anyway, so why don't you just go ahead and sit out and get healthy? I would have lost all respect for him. I, I, just being honest with you. I would have lost all respect for my coach. And from that point on, there would have been nothing that he would have been able to say to me that I would have respected. I'm, be, I'm just being real. I I'm mean, keeping it 100% real with you. But that's, if a coach come to me and talks like that, I'm losing all respect that I have for him. That's why I ask, because I think sometimes we live in such a you know stats and info world. I'm one of those weenies. I know it. I'm always looking at analytics. But one thing you have to do at some point when you start thinking about that is you also have to understand the human element of what's in the room. I cannot imagine, like I said, there's no way that LeBron would agree to this. Even the suggestion from the organization that he sit out so that he could be better in the next game would be so wildly received by LeBron, by AD, by everybody in that locker room. I think you'd lose the locker room forever. The coaching staff would lose it. The front office would lose it. Everybody involved in the decision that says, hey, let's just mail in game five because we're going to get beat anyway would be an absolutely wild turn behind the scenes in anybody's ability to respect the organization. It doesn't make sense to me. Now, I would say this. If you get to this game five, and what was that game two where the Golden State Warriors or Mm -hmm. it was game two where the Golden State Warriors just routed, you know, the Lakers, right? Now, if you get to a point in game five where things are like this, okay, then you sit your guys. 100%. But, but going into a game, we are not keeping the foot off the pedal. We See, there's no stop sign. There's no red light. And even if there is a red light there that people are trying to put in front of you if you're the Los Angeles Lakers, damn it, you're running. I almost ran one this morning, and my son said, Daddy, the light was red. I said, be quiet, boy. <laughs> the light was yellow. It turned red once I went through it. But I knew I ran the light, but I had to get him to school on time. Uh, Sometimes you got to run it. I'm not encouraging it to anybody. I'm not telling y'all to do that. I'm talking about what happened to me this morning and how the Los Angeles Lakers should be thinking. If anybody says it's a red light, take your foot off the gas, hit the brakes, damn that, LeBron, run the red light. Uh, there's also this level, by the way, uh, the most important part of that that you left out is don't tell your mom. Like It's like, hey, don't tell your mom I ran the light. Like We all know that has to be part I of the conversation. I definitely told her that, too. I was okay, like, be yeah. quiet, boy. Yeah, it's just, it's like, hey, <laughs> we're just going to stop talking about it now. Uh, no, but I think the other, the other part of it is, and I alluded to this earlier, but we know that the Warriors shoot much better at home. We know that the Warriors haven't shot well enough from three for much of this series. The last thing I want to let Clay do is get any sort of rhythm shooting, right? Like, uh, it, there's just shooting is such a, a rhythm based portion of this. Harry, like, I, there's no chance in hell that I'm going to sit back there and let Clay just get comfortable knowing that then we're going to get what? Game six, Clay? That's well, look, what we would spend the whole next day talking about. Now you got to deal I'm, with game I'm six. Take it Clay. to another level. The last thing you want to do is get Clay Thompson going. Let Andrew Wiggins gain even that much more confidence. But a guy that has been basically, excuse my language, ass in this series, you don't want Jordan Poole to get going. Mm. Mm. No, it, so that's the last thing you want if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. You are a thousand percent right. And all of these are reasons why even if you can make the logic bricks stack up to make a wall of reasons why you shouldn't play your stars, 
you have to tear that down right away and realize that in this point, yep. in this moment, you cannot think that way. I, I, I don't think there's any chance the Lakers are thinking that way. I think Greeny's just a little in the bubble right now with what his thought process is on a hottest take he's ever had trending on Twitter right now. So, you know, the people are worked up. We're worked up about the Warriors dynasty. Is it doomed? We'll ask an expert next. Fitz and Harry on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app.